Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. This is uh, Brian and I. I am your host today. We are on week one, day five of our study through the book, Revealed in Ephesians, and I am your author. And I'm so glad that you decided to join me today on this podcast. Today's podcast is... um, Oh, it is very emotional. I just have to say this is a topic that I think gets really, really deep into um, some spiritual things that and emotional concepts that um, you may have considered, you may not have considered. Um, when you think of the word adoption, what do you think of? Um, when you think of our title today, The Power of Adoption, what comes to your mind? That's a, It's a great question. So I'll just give you a second to think about that. When you think about adoption, what do you think about? So um, I, I have to say, before, when I was younger or even when I was, um, I mean, younger as in I'm, I'm 42, you know, when I was in my 20s, if I thought about adoption, I didn't really know very many people who had adopted. I, it hadn't touched me personally. And so I thought of it as like, oh, this is a nice thing that someone does for someone else that needs um, that needs a family. But I didn't really have an emotional connection with it. So when I would read this passage in Ephesians, um, let's just read this. Ephesians chapter 1, um, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now that's in the New King James Version. And I know in my Bible study that we're doing the the NIV UK or the NIV, um, but I'm sure that many of you have the New King James out there. So um, this is a very long sentence. So when I would read something like that and I would think, hear that word adoption, and it would say that he predestined us to adoption as sons, I would think, um, oh, that's nice. I I just didn't have any emotional connection with it. I didn't quite understand what that meant, except in a factual kind of disconnected way, like, oh, God, through Jesus Christ, when I was uh, separated from him by my sin, I didn't belong to the family of God, sent his only son to die as a sacrifice for my sin, to remove my guilt, to remove everything that separated me from God, from the Father, and make me a part of the family. And I knew all those facts. But as I grew older um, and I experienced more of life, I began to have very close friends who were very involved with adoption, um, who our church has so many people, so many families in our church that have adopted from um, within the United States, from without of the United States, um, foster families. It's a beautiful thing. And I love seeing God's people get involved in adoption because it is the ultimate expression 
of God's love to reach out to someone who is without a family and make them part of your family um, is is absolutely one of the most beautiful pictures. And the closer I've been to it, I, I had no idea what was involved with adoption. I did not know the emotional um, duress <laughs> on the part of the parents who are... Um, really feeling that call of God on their lives to reach out and to add to their family through adoption, whether it's through foster care, which is a whole different type of adoption, and there's a whole set of difficulties with that um, compared to international adoption, but it can take years, and it can be a very emotional up and down roller coaster for the parents. Um, They have to sacrifice time, money, um, their emotions are on the line, their hearts are on the line, um, laying everything down for this child who feels utterly abandoned and rejected. Maybe their parents have died. Um, you know, and I think of like little orphan Annie, you, you know, those, that's actually probably the picture I had as a child, um, before I really was so closely connected to families who have adopted. Um, nowadays kids can need families, not just because their parents have died, but because they've been removed from homes due to drugs or abuse, um, or in other countries, um, parents will relinquish their children and, um, put them, Um, up for adoption just to save their lives because they can't feed them and their parents love them that much that they say, I would rather you live and be adopted than um, have you stay with me and watch you die. And it's a very grim, very grim, uh, sad state in this world. And, And why do we have those situations? Well, first of all, we have those situations because of sin. Um, the Bible says that whenever we sin, God told Adam and Eve, when you sin, you will surely die. And sin brought death into the world. It brought dysfunction to relationships. We immediately see in the beginning of Scripture where, where Cain kills Abel. Like we have brother against brother. Right away, we see family disruption from the very beginning of Scripture. So we go from Adam and Eve having this beautiful, secure relationship with God where they would walk in the garden in the cool of the day with God to where they are separated from God. Um, They can't hear Him all the time like they did. They can't feel Him. They feel the the pain and the weight of their, their condition being separated from God. And we see the family dysfunction. And we see throughout Scripture where... Um, the result of people um, turning their backs on God um, has led to to so much um, fracturing of relationships. And so um, you have that. You have those situations. And so you have two different types of people. You have the people who are living in rejection and abandonment and feel alone and unloved. And then you have the parents who are searching, looking, and and feel that call to adopt. And their hearts are, are really moved by God, I believe, to do this. And so when someone is adopted, um, frequently you'll have uh, that child um, who is adopted, um, whether it's through foster care or international adoption, they'll they can become part of that family legally, and they'll be legal according to the government, and their parents will 
be so excited and they'll be crying. And this is like the their search is finally come to fruition. But then the adoptee still is is transported into a new situation, a new family. They don't feel they don't feel familiar. They don't feel that bonding that they maybe felt with their biological family, even if their biological family was harmful. Um, I heard Dr. Dobson tell this story once about how a son, like one, a little boy um, was in the hospital and his father had injured him and had done something. I, I won't say what it is because I, there might be children listening. Um, and the little boy, the little boy, um, you know, said, said when they asked him what he wanted to do um, afterwards, he wanted to go home with his dad because that's all he knew. All he knew was um, the pain. All he knew was the dysfunction. and But that was familiar to him, and it felt right. It felt secure. Even though it was insecure, it really was a dichotomy, you know, because that's what he was used to. So anyways, you have that a lot with, with kids that are adopted into a family is they, they feel more secure in the their old place and they feel like a sense of belonging there even if they don't have belonging even if they feel also a sense of abandonment um that's just what they're used to so coming into a new family is is very strange and so first of all some of my friends who've adopted have done an amazing job praying in advance for years as they're praying for their child that they're going to meet it's it's really a faith a step of faith to pray um, Father, in Jesus' name, prepare my child. I know that you know who he is or she is or where she is. You've laid this on my heart. I pray you protect them in Jesus' name. I pray you prepare them for our family in Jesus' name. I pray against abandonment in their heart. I pray that they will feel loved and accepted and they'll bond with our family. I pr- and, and doing even spiritual warfare against what um, the devil would try to do to that poor sweet child to 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 lie to them that you're you're rejected, nobody loves you, you don't belong, this family doesn't really love you. And um, parents doing this kind of spiritual warfare and prayer for their children years before as they're in this adoption process, but then they also um, keep praying that way, loving them, speaking life over them um, as they hold them in their little snuggly, whatever they're called, like those little... I wish I had somebody here to remind me of the word. There's little like harnesses you wear the baby in in the front and um, that or the small child just to create that bonding um, and praying and praying and praying. I mean, we pray for our biological children. I pray for my biological children all the time and how much more for our for adopted children. But anyways, the whole point here is that people will frequently when they become part of God's family. Let's just compare this here, and then we're going to be done for today. But let's just compare this. God is the one, as it says, who predestined us for adoption as sons. So let's look at this. Um, He predestined us for adoption as sons. So ahead of time, he was looking for you. He was searching for you. Well, he knew where you are. So he's God. God knows everything, right? He knew where you are. He knew what kind of rejection you were in. He knew what kind of abandonment you were in. Even if you got saved when you were four years old, like I did, I still remember praying the sinner's prayer with my mom. I still remember the Holy Spirit, and I I still remember all the details of that day. But I needed Jesus, just like 
anybody else at that time. And God saw me. He knew me. The scripture says he sees us in our mother's womb. He knits us together. And he saw you. And some of you out there, you've been through a lot. Um, Or maybe you feel like you haven't been through a lot, but you still have trouble wrapping your mind around your belonging in God's family. Well, God searched for you. He looked for you. He predestined you. And it says, um, this is crazy. It says, according to his good pleasure of his will. So his will was to find you. His will was to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. And Jesus said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. So he sent his son so that you're not, you're part of a family. You're accepted into the family of God. And a lot of women um, and men struggle with like, when they, when they come face to face with what separated them from God, their sin, all the things they've done, their emptiness, their darkness, their aloneness. And they think like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this family. I don't deserve the love of God. How could God love me? How could he send his son to die for me like this? And, and then you, you struggle with those feelings. Those feelings are simply because you need the Holy Spirit of the living God to come in and reveal to your heart the truth that even though we were lost, even though we were abandoned in our, even though we had turned our backs on God in our sin, even though we were separated from his life and from his family, he still came after you. He still wanted you. You were worth it to him. And if you think about something that costs money, what are you willing to pay for it? A house. If you were looking for a house, let's just think about this. If you if a house was on the market and somebody was saying like, this is a $250,000 home, um, but whatever it sells for is what it's worth. So even if it's on the market for $250,000, if it sells for $200,000, that's actually what it's worth, right? So imagine this, God sought you and he was willing to pay for you with the blood of his son. And that's the only way that he could redeem you. So what are you worth? You are worth everything. You are worth to God the life of his son. And Jesus was willing to lay down his life for you. And he picked it back up. And and in that resurrection power, you are raised to life and you are adopted into the family of God. And that family, it's not just you by yourself on your own. You're not just a loner, you and God. A lot of people do that, especially if you've lived through... A lot of rejection as a um, before you came to Christ. I know this is something that happens. People live through a lot of rejection, and then they're scared of people, and they say like, "I can trust, the, I can trust Jesus." So it's just me and Jesus. We're just loners together, or we're just buddies over here. I can't trust people. But really, as we study Ephesians, we're going to find out how God created us for relationships. He created us for family. He created us to interact with one another. And God wants the relationships in people in the church, in the body of Christ um, that love Jesus. He wants them to be the most special relationships that are have ever been had. That doesn't mean there won't be conflict. That doesn't mean there won't be hurt feelings occasionally. And that doesn't mean you won't have to forgive. But that means when you do have a conflict, you can forgive. That means you're going to experience in the body of Christ how to handle the pain when you have pain. So 
I just want to encourage you today. If you're in the body of Christ, if you belong to Jesus, but you don't have the feelings, you don't feel like you belong, you don't feel like um, God loves you, but you've confessed Christ as your Savior, you've asked Him to forgive your sins, I just want to say that those feelings are not of God, and you need to pray and give those feelings to God and say, God, I'm sorry. My feelings don't line up with your truth. I need you to heal my heart and remove abandonment and rejection from my life in Jesus' name. I pray, and it's it's an easy prayer to pray, and you can begin praying it frequently and, and just asking God, I want to know, as our prayer says in Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter 1, where it says, I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which you have called me, the riches of your glorious glorious inheritance in your holy people. So I am part of your holy people, God. I need you to open the eyes of my heart to see it because I can't feel it. And so when you're adopted into God's family, you need to start praying this way. Even if you've been saved for 50 years, maybe you're an elderly woman and you have never truly felt part of God's family, even though you know with your head that you are. This is a great place to start. Jesus, reveal it to me. Jesus, show me your love. Show me my worth, that you truly sought me out. You truly went the extra mile. So I've kind of covered this on my own, and what I'm really looking forward to is having my good friends who have adopted, I have so many friends who have adopted, come into the studio and have an adoption panel where we all share, everyone shares kind of their hearts and the adoption process and likening it to um, what we have here in Ephesians. And so I want to say, I want to direct you to that prayer. There's a prayer at the end of this study, so go ahead and pray that. Um, if you're struggling with this. And let me pray for you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for anyone listening to this podcast right now who struggles with their belonging and their identity in, in Jesus. I pray, Father, that you will enlighten them by the power of your Holy Spirit to show them, Lord, um, to understand their um, belonging in the body of Christ. I pray that if they have given their lives to Jesus Christ and confessed their sin, that you will give them, Lord, a spiritual awakening and understanding of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that actually transforms them and reaches down into their hearts and, um, and Lord, gives them a revelation of you. Lord, I pray that the eyes of their heart will be enlightened, that they will know the truth, the hope, to which they have been called. I pray hope over everyone who is listening to this podcast today. I thank you that you love them. I thank you that they belong if they are in Christ. I thank you, Lord God, that um, that you were willing to give your son Jesus to die for our sins and to resurrect us into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day and enjoy God's blessings. <music>